Three, two, one. Ready? Ready. This is Masonic Muscle. I am Cesar Rubio. Today's guest is Steve Sanchez. Steve Sanchez relocated to California from New Jersey after enlisting in the United States Marine Corps from 1996 to 2004. Steve served as an infantryman during Operation Iraqi Freedom and earned distinguished medals and ribbons such as Combat Action Ribbon, Presidential Unit Citation, and many more. Upon the end of his eight-year enlistment in 2004, Steve decided to make the Coachella Valley his home. Steve was elected to the La Quinta City Council in 2016 and re-elected in 2020. Former board member to various nonprofits, enjoys meditating, yoga, martial arts, and running with his German Shepherd Sparta. I like that. And Belgium, uh, Malinois? Malinois. Malinois, Katana. Oh. Steve also has a WSET1 wine certificate. Where's the wine at? Where's the wine at? And is an avid reader of U.S. history, ancient Roman, Greek, and British history. And uh, am I hearing this right? What's this I hear about State Senate? What's going on with that? Yeah, you heard it right, uh, uh, Brother Rubio. I am going to be running for the California 28th Senate District seat, which is being vacated by the incumbent. Uh, there'll, there'll be a vacancy and the election is uh, next year, uh, 2022. So is this something like you had in mind uh, when you you were at this, uh, the Quinta City Council? Is this something you had, like it was a part of your goal or in 2016? Uh, you know, I think every elected official thinks about how else can I serve my community or state? Um, where, where do they need me? Or where can I be most useful? Okay. And... Um, you know, being on the city council in La Quinta, California, uh, for your listeners that aren't from the area, uh, which is in Southern California, the, the greater Palm Springs area, it's a city out here. Um, you think, well, I'm serving my city and, and I think I'm serving her well. Um, obviously the, the residents thought I was doing a good job because they asked me to come back. Uh, highest vote good in yeah, history, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> um, so you think, well, if, if I can help my city you know, can I help my, my community, my district at the state level? And you start pondering that and you start thinking, and if the answer is yes, then it's almost your duty to be able to serve and, and throw your hat in the ring. If you're capable and able, you should serve your community. And, and that's uh, one of the many reasons, right? And how is it looking right now? I mean, you're just beginning it or how's this? Yeah, just beginning. I had maybe a couple of weeks in, uh, finally got my official state. ID. So just um, making my ways around the district and letting people know, basically, uh, grassroots effort. And I'm not sure I didn't catch it. What side? Republican, Democrat, liberal? Uh, Republican. Republican. Repub as a Republican uh, candidate. Correct. So trying to bring yeah. it back yeah. to the Republic origins, right, of our country. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. So let's get back here. Let's, uh, and we'll get back to that in, sure. in a little while. So we're both Freemasons and we're both here on Masonic Muscle. One of the first things I want to ask you, because the title is Masonic Muscle, during this pandemic, how did you, because you look like you're, you stayed fit. How did you manage to stay fit during this pandemic? Absolutely. So I try to stay physically and mentally and spiritually fit uh, because it all ties in, right? We're, it's not just one, one aspect that has to be in shape. Um, but physically fit, you know, at first, a lot of things shut down, gyms and everything like that, right? Um, well, luckily, I just got my Peloton bike, so started doing Peloton, and I'm not getting paid for them, but I, I love my Peloton. 
but they have uh, a lot of cool workouts on there yoga meditation okay. uh, and at home workouts with some minimal weights and um and running you know before i was uh the pandemic i used to run and uh, it was a good opportunity to get back into running right lace those shoes back up yeah so yeah and uh i tell a lot of people because uh when it comes to exercise they want to throw all the excuses in there right sure. well i'm gonna buy a a uh, gym i need to get fit before i start going to the gym or i want to pay uh yeah they, they say like the dumb things like, like what you need to get it fit before you go to the gym but hey uh body weight work right and nobody needs any any equipment at all guys uh you can do uh something i've been promoting for a very long long time just just to prove the point and that is if you just adopted a straight uh, a simple routine of push-ups, pull-ups, crunches, and some body weight squats right. three times a week, where you're progressively increasing the number of reps. Right. By the end of three months, your your, your body's going to transform. Okay. It will have been transformed, and you used no equipment other than the tools that God gave us, right? right. The the arms, legs, right. pull-ups. So I mean, the ancients didn't have uh, gyms, right? Well, they had some versions of it, but you know, they they exercise naturally by being outside and. Yeah, yeah, and the Spartans. When you when you uh, study about the Spartans, that's what you hear that they had a series of exercises, and the, you know the biggest weight that they would carry around was their shield, which right. was like 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. So they had to be strong, sure. uh, but they were outside. You're right; they were outside. They were in the sun. They were in the elements, and they were doing everything that they saw was functional to what they had to do. Right. But they, but a physical, some kind of physical exercise was tattlemount to being a spartan absolutely and the warrior the warrior community so every time we get together i mean i i kid you not every time you and i get together and we begin to talk no matter what somehow we begin to talk about what why or or uh, yeah why men want to become freemasons right. why why do they and and i don't know if we've ever answered that but let me ask you again why why do you think men want to become Freemasons. Yeah, you know, I, I think I can answer like why I wanted to be one. And I, I can answer it by not really having an answer because before you're a Freemason, you don't know what it's really about, right? You only have a perception of what you think it's about. And um, like yourself, I love history. And one of the common things that I found when I read, you know, whether it's American history, British or English history, and even ancient history like Romans and Spartans, you start picking up little things and th there's a common theme uh, that you hear about. And it's, it's a lot of it is Masons or the Templars, right. Or even things or other secret societies. Right. Right. So then you start thinking like you start puzzling them all together. You're like, well, how did folks in Europe and then, you know, over here and over there, how do they start thinking the same or start having similarities as far as uh, beliefs and, mm. or, um, rituals or things like that and, and then you dive into a little bit more right and so um uh, i've always been fascinated by uh, freemasons but fascinated in the sense that i didn't really know much about it except what you hear about because obviously you don't know because you don't know right and what i wanted out of freemasonry when i when i when i joined is what i got from you and 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 that's the uh, the triviums and the uh, educations and you know you you had um, a worshipful master uh, uh, Ted Parker on the other day we'd get together at his house right a bonfire a bunch of brothers 
uh, outside staring at the stars and we just talk, right? About whatever it is. And we look up and we mimic what, what our ancestors did is they sat outside, they looked up and they thought. They were in awe. And right. They thought, yeah. What if, how, you know, how is it? And, you know, one question leads to another. And when we get together, we had breakfast the other day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We started one conversation, which led to another, to another. Never ending. Uh, never ending. And it's, and that goes back into the Masonic muscle of your mind. Keep the mind thinking and uh, don't let it get stagnant and, and sit in front of the TV and YouTube or anything like that, right? And uh, the people who, the, the stone masons who built the cathedrals, they had to have not been stagnant because they kept building better and better cathedrals. So you're right. And that, that's a good analogy of masonic muscle we got to keep it strong we got to keep it going we got to stay fluid because things come and go there are some principles that are eternal what we're finding out but there are some things like architecture that's why the architecture has changed throughout the sure. centuries because the way we view it has changed but the principles behind it are still same you still got to measure you yeah. still got to apply the square and the right. plumb and the level to exactly. these buildings yeah so, even the, the uh, uh, uh operative freemasons you know, at one time, probably didn't understand, you know, right angles the way we know it, but they knew right angles, right? Um, and until maybe they figured out the mathematics of it. And um, and that's what it is, right? I mean, they, uh, we, we progress, right? And, and we take their knowledge and expand on it. And it's funny that you say that because in Freemasonry, what do they teach us? That Masonry is a progressive science, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Taught by yeah. degrees only. So yeah. it's these words and these ideas continue to coalesce yeah. over and over and over again. So when you were in the, when you were in the Marines, did, did you ever see any other Marines wear the square and compass? Or did you, say, did you see anything like that when you were there? Did you pay attention? You, you know, I have to say I didn't pay attention. Okay. And I thought about this actually uh, years later, right? Or years in the past. And, um, but now, you know, I, I can go anywhere or watch any show or read any book. I'm like, hey, you know, what, what is that doing there, right? Yeah. 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 Or a phrase or, yeah. that they use, like that, yeah. that phrase isn't used. Phrases especially, yeah. you know, uh, you can tell there's some, may sound like influence or, you know, that person's a brother. They'll say something in a way that it's like, oh, yeah, I know that phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's only one place that it comes from. Exactly. Because there, there isn't too many other societies that use these phrases. Right. So we're along those same lines. Were you... Uh, surprised later on to find out that like George Washington and a lot of his generals were Freemasons during the you know Revolutionary War for our freedoms. Yeah, that were was. Uh, I I knew of that prior to enlisting in the Marine Corps, right? Okay. Just from you know uh, studying and reading on, on folks like that. But um, but it wasn't until I became a Mason that I I, I dove into it a little bit more when I had the opportunity. Yeah. And, and we're talking about right now, why do men want to become Freemasons? And a lot of people that have come through the doors of our lodge or any other lodge there, oftentimes they cite, well, I, I want to become a Freemason because the founding fathers, you know, they don't know how many founding fathers, but they know that right. the founding fathers were Masons and they're referring to George Washington, sure. the father of our country. So there's something in it they believe of value that if they became a member, I want to become a member too. That's that's something that that uh, I'm going to learn Absolutely. if I join. Yeah. So we're, we we talked a little bit about Roman times and and you know architecture and, and Sparta. Let's talk about a little bit of the origins of Freemasonry because yeah. uh, that's some of our favorite topics uh, with you and a couple of other of my buddies. 
where do you think Freemasonry could have come from or came from? I mean, yeah. do, you, do you, how often do you contemplate on that? How often do you speculate on that? We're speculative Masons. Yeah, we are speculative Masons. Yeah. And uh, uh, often, actually, I'm, you know, just we know when it was officially formed, right? But um, obviously, prior to that, there has to have been something, right? You, you, it didn't just come out of thin air and a bunch of guys got together and say, hey, let's do this Freemason thing, right? So it has to have come from somewhere. And, um, but how far back, right? And I always think, you know, uh, you and I have talked about this even last time we had breakfast, you know, even the Roman, ancient Roman days, they had what appeared to be symbolic, uh, uh, Masonic symbol, symbolism around. Like you mentioned, yeah, the, the, the machine masters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know the uh, the checkerboards on the ground, and you start thinking, were there were there masons as we kind of perceive it to be back then, or did later on what we perceive masons adopt those symbols, right? And uh, it's like the chicken or the egg, right? Which one came first, right? Which one and came so, first. Uh, and so you so you just think about that. I don't know. I can spend all day sometimes just thinking about that. Question. And there, there's a lot of uh, researchers and uh, big time Masonic authors that have long gone past that they really favored the theory that we that we derived uh, in part or large part from the Comacine masters because sure. there's so many similarities. And then there's other people that would just downplay it. Like, well, we don't have this or no, you know, this and that. But you cannot, you cannot discount the, the symbols. You cannot discount the modalities. They even had secret handshakes. Sure. They even had a master of the laws, a grandmaster of the Comacine master yeah. stonemason guilds of the time that were obviously, they had to have been working. And, and I'm not saying all, all of them, but the grandmaster of whoever the Comacine masters were had to have been working with the emperor. Right or the, the, the right. emperor's representative because he was in charge of building whatever was being built in Rome, the city of Rome, right? The exactly. city eternal. So, so that right there bodes, it just bodes well and, and strong for this origin. And now we're talking about Rome again. Right. We keep talking about we Rome. Always talk, I talk about it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, um, maybe, you know, it wasn't Freemasons like we know it at that time. But it could have been the start of it, right? And you know, a group of men could have said, "Hey, this thing we're doing, there's something here, right?" And it progresses and evolves from that. And let's keep these traditions because it works. Let's keep these uh, customs, these rituals, these secret handshakes, right? Uh, secret words, right? Because it works, right? It, it works, and they were stonemasons. There was tricks of the trade, secrets of the trade. Right. Just like where you work, just like where I work, yeah. there's always these secrets, and you're not willing to give up those secrets right away. Even if you take someone under your wing, they have to earn. They, they have That's to earn true. it, right? It's, it's even true here in commercial real estate. Yeah. So, yeah. and you're just checking them out because they they have to earn their stripes. It's something that's so innate in us, and I think it's discounted. And now with this cancel culture and everything, they want to just do away with a lot of this that has its purpose. It has its rhyme and purpose. Even within Freemasonry, I'm surprised we haven't started getting attacked more uh, as we're, we're being racist, we're being, right. you know, exclusive, we're being all this stuff because it's a fraternity, it's a male fraternity, no women, at least we're, at least the Freemasonry that we're practicing, because you go to right. France, it's co-masonry, and they just blew it every, 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 all apart, but going back to the origins, so you do contemplate on it quite often, yeah. maybe more often than, than you would have uh, admitted until, until now, I think 
I think especially when when you're a reader and you're actively delving into ancient history like yourself, I think it it probably just clicks with us, right? right? So we're gonna if we're listening to you know the podcast, was it a, a history of Rome? Right. We're going to naturally begin to wonder, okay, exactly. what's the history of Freemasonry? Right. Hey, how far back do we go? And with that, obviously, comes conspiracy theories. Sure. All kinds of conspiracy theories. What's your favorite conspiracy theory that has somehow shaped uh, how you view Freemasonry and, right. and, how you, and how you view, like, man and how right. it affects us? Well, what's your right. favorite conspiracy theory? Well, there was a... Uh, was- isn't there like a goat that's involved somewhere where we're supposed to like, <laughs> you know? yeah, or, right uh, I, you know, uh, Freemasons are you know taking over the world. Right. And, and all that, which is ironic because each lodge is independent of each other. Right. Obviously, you know, we, we um, there, there's the grand lodge of your state, um, but we're still autonomous in, in sovereign, I should say. Right. Yes. Um, so what we do in Palm Springs it's not necessarily the same thing they're doing in, uh, in Lexington, Virginia. No. Right. It may or may not be right. right. Um, and, and, you know, what the worshipful master, or, you know, New Jersey somewhere is doing can be different than what we're doing here. And they can't tell our worship master what to do. Right. right? So, you know, that's, um, I don't think, I don't really think people really realize that, you know, and, um, and you always see in the news when something happens, Oh, this guy was friends of a Mason and, and that's yeah. why. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, they're, they're taking over. I'm like, uh, that could be anybody, right? You, you could buy a neighbor anywhere. And so. Yeah. And there's there's a lot to be said about that, that point that you just made that, you know, no laws can tell another what to do. And I just had Jerry Al Smith, a four-time past master from Southern California Research Lodge. Yeah. And he said, if you've ever gone to Grand Lodge and you're going to know that there is no one person, we can't even get organized enough to, you know, he was, he was making a <laughs> right. joke. Uh, but along those lines, it doesn't take a lot of men. You don't have to have everybody in on it. Right. And that's where the little nuance and the difference in perspective comes in. So it, it doesn't have to be all of us Masons in on it. It right. can be just some of them that have enough influence and power to, to move this thing in the direction, you know, one, one degree this way or one that's degree true. that way. Right. So the, it, that's a counterpoint to, Absolutely. you know, what, what you're saying. Yeah. And, and that's a valid counterpoint. It's, it is. So what, which, which one of these conspiracy theories don't resonate with you? Cause everybody has one. Everybody right. has a conspiracy theory. It's like, you know what? That one does kind of pique my yeah. curiosity. The, the one that pops up a lot is um, well, obviously secret society, but um, you do see a lot of like political folks who are freemasons right mm. and uh, then you start thinking well even like myself yeah I'm, I'm saying it right um so is there something in that right is, is there something to be said about that right or or do masons just naturally uh, are drawn to the political world uh for help or to be able to help people or for notorious reasons right yeah depending what it is right and so um yeah, I, I think that's, you know, that's the, the political connection. Uh, I see that a lot, and especially being in it. And I, I mean, I discount the movie uh, National Treasure, and it was an entertaining movie, right? But, yeah, uh, it, it was entertaining, and it brought up a lot of points. It was fantastical. The underlying thing that I got out of it is that maybe these people didn't know that they were Mason, some of them, sure. right? And, and they were 
involved in like the war of independence against the king. And it, because that was a conspiracy, right. it became a conspiracy, right, to take the, the lands of the king for our freedoms and what have you. And then you start looking and delving into the background, you find out that many of these men were Freemasons. So how did the Freemason philosophy and the way the lodges run influence them enough to, you know, freedom of speech, right. freedom of religion, a one man, one vote, all these right. little things that we take for granted now, but we really don't really delve into it because we're so busy with everything it's just here and there and i gotta wake up now i gotta run to work and oh that sounds interesting but no so it it might be there it might not be there yeah in fact uh you know uh, the way we structure our lodge mimics a lot of the way government runs um or i should say government runs the way we mimic our lodge (laughs) i should say that's the other way around the the u.s government at least um and a lot of our rules and laws are, um, I was going to say, similar to American rules and laws, but the other way around. It's the other way right? around, almost. And it's interesting, you talk about Freemasonry, uh, Revolutionary War. We got to remember also that in the British side, there were a lot of Masons too, right? So it was still yeah. brothers fighting brothers, right? Yes, yes. Um, during the Revolutionary War, uh, in the 13 colonies, there was about 120 lodges right. throughout the 13 colonies. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to understand how much influence uh, the tenets of Freemasonry and how the, the lodges run and how within a lodge, the, the members were already practicing self-governance and how to vote, take accountability yeah. for a vote um, without campaigning because nobody was nobody campaigns within a lodge structure. It's still forbidden Correct. to this day right. to run for master. You know, they are... Uh, the brethren are watching you and they will vote for you based on merits. That, and that is even going back to Anderson's constitution, yeah. where it says the wardens and the master will be voted on according to their merit, not yeah. their popularity or yeah. anything. So I think also the constitution was supposed to be like that, but now we see that we've strayed like way it's, it's far a, it's away yeah. Yeah, from yeah. that. And now we're, we're, we're here yeah. so and but, also the country expanded tremendously the population expanded how to reach people right different ideas right. began different to come ideas. in they trickle in little by little because i think by the time we won the war of independence and then uh, uh, uh president george washington was ready to retire after two terms four-year terms uh he didn't want any, any part of it because the the uh, congress was still bickering over this or that they were fighting going back and forth and they just wasn't what he what he had fought for. So he's like, I'm done. I'm right. returning to Mount Vernon and you guys handle it. Right. And, and you know, that's because that already it just it took eight short years right. to to deviate. Right. And I think he also didn't want to be perceived as a king. Right. Well, that's they wanted to make him king. Right. right they they the want to make him king. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. said, no, we're right. getting away from that. But there was a bunch of patriots that were avid admirers of of the king and the parliamentary system and they wanted to bring it all over and just implant it here and make george washington the king but he said no that's not what we fought for exactly we fought for something completely different so let's get away from that and that's because those people that's what they knew right that's how they that that's all they knew right and so this idea of a a republic you know a, a true republic um was was a new concept, you know, for them. And it was it was a radical concept, and we've talked about this many times. Yeah. And, and even in our constitutional observance programs that we give at, at Lodge, 
we've really delved into just how radical you we take it for granted but during that time uh, sovereignty your yeah. personal freedoms right. i mean people were like, freedom of speech that's crazy right yeah, what are you talking yeah. about does the yeah. king know about this right. he's gonna chop your head off yeah. you, exactly you can badmouth your government wow that's crazy yeah that's, right? yeah, that's, that's unheard of but i i'm free because yeah. god says i'm free and right. i got my rights like yeah. man yeah you better check yourself and then next thing you know we're going to war right, absolutely yeah because you know even back in the old days the kings thought they were you know chosen by god right so the people say no that's yeah you know the God's divine right to rule yeah yeah and so yeah you're right so when you start saying no my rights come from god and i'm free like that's you know or whoever your god is right they didn't have to be yeah. you know jesus as we know him or you know just just whoever by by nature right whoever yeah so let's go back to rome sure um, because this is a question that I've had. All, all roads lead back to Rome, right? Yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all roads lead <laughs> back to Rome. And during the uh, Constitutional Convention, I mean, the founding fathers were talking about Rome a lot because it was a, still a very living example of I mean, everything. I mean, the Romans were the most prolific writers. They wrote about everything. So yeah. we have all kinds of them in the Sumerians. Yeah. But going back to Rome, uh, what do you think caused the fall of Rome? I mean, what yeah. uh, you had to have contemplated this. What uh, it's a it's a tough tough question, yeah. and nobody really has an answer. Right. But what I mean, what have you? Yeah, I um, you know, uh, uh, you and I keep going back and forth and talk about that podcast, the history of Rome, right? Which, and it, it's an amazing podcast. And if you're a history buff or Roman history buff, yeah. I highly encourage you to listen to it. Or the um, fall of Rome too. All the fall of Rome. That's another Both great of those one. Yeah. Are, Um, And so it it caused you to think, and over the years, I've always thought about that. And and after listening to that podcast, maybe my second and a half time, right? Because I'm into it about two and a half times. I thought, I I actually don't think Rome fell. And in my mind, it is going to sound crazy. uh, But I think the Catholic Church is the continuation of Rome. And... um, it just transformed differently, right? And and, and uh, what was that movie, The Usual Suspects, where uh, Kevin Spacey at the end says, the greatest uh, trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he didn't exist, right? And um, it, it, not to com- combine the devil with, with the Roman Catholic Church, yeah, but yeah. The, 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 the saying <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, because that, the, the Roman emperors, well, Rome had, you know, first they had kings and they revolted against that. And then they started having... Uh, emperors and mm-hmm. three people ruled and what i mean it, it depends on what we're talking about rome but the roman emperors were also um the head of the church right of, of religion what do yeah, we call the, 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 uh, pontifus, the, maximus. the pontifus maximus yeah. which is a title that the pope uh went by yeah. right and so that that continued and so i always thought i don't really think rome fell i think it just transformed differently because the catholic church is still powerful yeah, there's uh, there can't be another reason why like the dignitaries of the world go to visit the Pope. Right. It's not just because they want to be blessed or I, at least in my opinion, right. I don't think they're going over there. Bless me, Father, because they're not even Catholic. Right. But why do they go over there and talk to him every year? Right. So, you, I mean, I think you're onto something. I've come upon this idea as well. There's other authors. There's other historians that that believe this oh. as well. Yeah. It's just not a popular theory because of the connotations. Sure. You know, it's it's it, that's right. an explosive, an explosive yeah. idea, man. If this thing were to get out and then become 
accepted all right how is the roman catholic church gonna right. react now hey right. what are you so what are you saying that, that we're doing all these orgies and well you know let's yeah, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. the Roman Empire that we it's knew a it continuation. as. It's just a continuation, you know, good or bad, right? And um, in society, you know, we have good leaders and bad leaders, right? So that's, yeah. take it for you with how you want, but um, it's just a theory that I have based on how Rome has managed to survive over the years, even in its, in its prime. And that's you know? provoking as it is. That's thought provoking right. just as that is. And I'm pretty sure... I've come upon uh, books uh, that talk about specifically that and then give their points as to why. And when you read them, you're like, uh, yeah. there's not much argument. Like, well, uh, yeah. yeah, that still exists. That's yeah. still going here. So, it, it, and it even brings, it, yeah. it even has made me thought about something uh, different than, you know, just the Roman Empire and, and the Catholic Church, but it also has uh, made me think of um, how it is that, uh, the mafia came into existence. Mm. And, and I say that in the sense that um, I, I, it helps me to understand them a little bit because, hey, they're the descendants of Julius Caesar and you know all of these folks, right? The Sicilian back of the lineage right there. Right. Some of them are uh, descendants of these uh, Roman emperors or senators. Senators. Right? And, and they, were, they were powerful generals, right? And so that culture of, um, I mean, there, there, there were some tough, you're a tough guys, those Romans, you know? Yeah. And I think I was sharing with you that, that one story of how the uh, violence was introduced. Yeah, you did. And that, that was, uh, for any of you who don't know, uh, I'm this, not this gonna, is fascinating. Oh, you're not going to say yeah. it? Well, yeah. Okay, I'll share it. So in the, I think it was the fall of Rome, actually, the podcast, they were talking about how up until a certain point in the Roman history, uh, people sat down like gentlemen and they, they would debate and they were trying to get uh, elected to become the senator or re-elected. Uh, so one of them, it, he was contemplating and thinking about that no one had ever done something that he was about to do on that day that they were going to go be debating. So they did. So the first guy got up and he said what he was going to say. And then he got up and he broke off one of the one of the arms to one of the chairs and beat his rival right there in front of everybody and beat him so bad that there was like there was no skull left and then once he did that he threw the the piece of uh, wood away and then basically he said does anybody have any questions you know and everyone's like hey i vote for him you know that, <laughs> yeah now they're, they're right. all scared because right. violence was introduced but what happens after that now well those Roman families, the the ones who didn't like that guy, began to get go behind closed doors and began to conspire. Now they're going to kill him, and uh, and that's where the beginnings, the origins, that of all this violence in the right. background, and this is how we're going to gain uh, prominence is by is through violence. From through here violence. on out, this is fair. It's fair game. No all one right. said that it was off the table, and as soon as he presented it, um, it's con with us for forever now it's, it's almost it, like a pandora's box right yeah yeah yeah. yeah once they opened it up they, they could not close that pandora's box and so violence kept getting used yeah. and then look at what happened julius caesar got assassinated right. and all the people are getting poisoned and it just it was yeah. crazy it was, it was crazy. crazy times yeah so let's get back here to uh freemasonry and in freemasonry we're supposed to learn about a lot of things for all of you listening masons and non-masons we are encouraged to learn and to learn about everything under the sun. 
especially when you get introduced to the seven liberal arts and sciences, yeah. you're being asked to learn a whole lot of things under the, the whole canopy of heaven. So almost all Grand Lodges, they talk about having more Masonic education, right? At their local lodges. And that, that this would cure a lot of the ills afflicting many, afflicting our fraternity. So if they do that, then why do you believe that more lodges don't have Masonic education at the core of everything they do? You know, I, I think um, I think it was your last guest that you just had on. And Jerry L. Smith. Jerry's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, for every lodge is independent from each other. And so they all, uh, it, it all comes down to leadership, right? What does leadership in that lodge want to do? And uh, some, like you said, are char charitable. They want to just go out and yeah, do charity stuff, which is great. Yeah, it's it, it needs to be done uh, in the community, and we all, as Masons, you know, we, we want to make ourselves better, and we want to give to the community, and that's great. Um, and then others um, weigh heavily on education um, because it, again, it kind of goes back to Masonic muscles, right? It's the mind, strengthening the mind, and causes you to think. And a lot of it is because uh, you should you should question them authority sometimes uh, as to why, like, why are we doing this? You know, what's the motive behind this? And one thing that I have truly enjoyed with you and, and a lot of the brothers is, it's not just thinking, but it's uh, learning how to think and why, right? And learning how to learn and learning how to think is, um, it's much more important than being told what to think. Or, hey, you know, it's the, the square encompass because it is. Right. So what Steve is referring to is the trivium, guys, and we, we base it on an idea called the Socrates Cafe. Uh, it, it came out of the book from the same name, Socrates Cafe. Uh, Christopher, can't remember his last yeah. name right now, but his, his first name is Christopher. So we applied that to Freemasonry in our own unique way. And what it is, is it's a Socratic method. It's Socratic. So we pose a question and then uh, we allow people to, to uh, give their answers. And then at a certain point, we pull out our dictionaries and we begin to really define the word to see if we're even using it right, and then get into the etymology. And then we rephrase the question. Once we all have heard the definition of whatever word, like uh, what is the occult, the occult being the word that we're or esoteric, we, this is how we applied it to Freemasonry. Uh, what, it, you know, what is a secret? What is a society? And then uh, so once we define it and then learn the etymology then we rephrase the question and you'll be surprised how your answer changes uh -huh. and you're forced to rethink now what what you just said or what your answer was and not only that but if you make a statement anybody in the group has the right to ask you can you clarify can you give me an example right. don't just say it like that and leave it out and, and you know in the ether and let it float and nobody challenged it so that's what that's what he's referring to absolutely and you know prior to the day we're having the trivium, yourself or, or someone would email what the topic's going to be. So we all research it ahead of time, right? So if I say, you know, one plus one is two, you know, and Brother Rubio's like, well, prove it. You know, I did my research to show you why one plus one is two, as opposed to just saying that and everybody believes it, you know? And um, so the education, you know, actually one of my favorite things we did in Lodge is when we did the, the currency, you know, that, that was a... That was, can, a, that was an eye-opener for me. Can you, you give a brief, just 
in your own words, what, what you're talking about? Yeah, here? so uh, briefly, uh, Brother Rubio. Uh, few, and, and Dave Matthews. And Dave Matthews, yes. yeah, and Dave Matthews. And, yes. and uh, um, who else? Ruben Leahas. Um, you know, Brother Rubio wanted us to do a presentation to the Lodge, to the brothers, on the origins of currency or fiat money, yeah. right? And um, in the nutshell, I mean, we go way back to the Knights Templars when we start talking about banking and credit, right? And loans and- Credit debt uh, system, yeah. yeah. The, the credit system, I mean, uh, I, I explained it to a friend of mine because we were talking about crypto the other day. I'm like, yeah, you know, the Templars, you know, if you had this brick of gold and you lived in one side of the world, but you're traveling, it was hard to travel with all that gold. But if the Templars gave you a piece of paper and you just go cash it in on the other side of the world, your money, you know- It's good. It, it's good. Yeah. But that piece of paper was the currency, you know? Yeah. And we see that in our money system we have now is, well, that's just backed up by nothing now, right? You know, but at one time, at least it was backed by gold. Well, not, not only that, that there's, uh, they say that Benjamin Franklin in his own uh, journal, his writing said that the, the only reason why we went to war with England was because they took the, the colony's ability to print their own money mm -hmm. at no interest. Right. So they, they understood credit sure. debt. They understood the currency and mm -hmm. money, the difference between all that. So we brought that up too on that, yeah. on that presentation. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, yeah. and to think that we are not taught this in school, that, that we didn't go to war because whatever it is, it telling us Benjamin Franklin himself is saying, that we would have gladly have paid those taxes mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for New England or England taking away the colony's ability to print their own money right. interest-free. Because right. as soon as they, they demanded that, uh, interest just rose, uh, debt skyrocket, and then there's poverty everywhere. Right. So that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. scary and interesting and, and enlightening, like you're just saying. Yeah. So well, that's good. That's good that it affected you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was fascinating when, when we did that. So, we, I mean, we can go on all about Currency. You know? Well, we will, uh, but maybe not today, but <laughs> right. uh, or maybe later on. So let, let's talk about something that, that we always uh, we always get into as well, and it is connected with money in a way. I don't know if we have enough time today to kind of describe and discuss why, but as above, so below. As above, so below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is that when we when we take our degrees, it may not seem like it, but there's all kinds of astronomy everywhere absolutely in the first second and third degrees and it's not until somebody points that out right. to you that you realize that it's right. there right. so i mean, I mean we look would, at, you, uh, would you agree would you agree with I, that? absolutely i mean and um like how how did the ancients know right to build something to face a certain direction how did uh yeah you, know, you, you talked about it on the other podcast how do these uh, uh ceos and multimillionaires have astrologers and astronomers on their board of directors or consultants to help make decisions. Did you look up that article, right? by the way? And look no. up that article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it's yeah. Rolling Stone. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a big yeah. uh, magazine. So, so you know, and, and it makes sense because, I mean, we're in this great big universe, right? And what happens above affects us down below, right? Um, and, and, and you're right. A lot of symbolism and what we do in Freemasonry mimics that of what's happening in, in the stars so yeah. there there's the connection right with the money and, and astronomy and yeah. the stars there it is without us even trying and that article it got into not so much uh, um the astrological the the, the the people coming in with with the crystal ball right. and acting right. all weird no these guys 
or, or they have, they've honed their craft so well that a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company or Fortune 500 sure. company is willing to take a shot and right. say, or somebody invited him on the board sure. and you go do your research and figure out how, but the, the reality is right. that that's what it is. Right. So there comes a point where they ask that gentleman or that lady, what do you think? What are the stars telling us right. about this deal, about launching this new product, about us signing the contract? When is the mo- And we can't deny it, right? The stars right. are there, the planets, and it's it. And now you're talking about a temple aligned right. to a specific solstice or an equinox. Yeah. The missions of California yeah. being aligned yeah, that, to these. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> it's you know you you have temples on one side of the planet to the other which are aligned, right? For a certain reason, I can't explain it, right? I, I can ponder on it, um, but I mean even something as basic as farming, right? It's all originally it's all on what is the earth doing and what's the sky doing, right? How do, how do they correlate, right? Um, I know I've got a plant at this time and, and, and harvest at this time, right? Um, otherwise, I miss my window to, to make X happen. Right? right, and we're gonna struggle. Right. Survival. We're, we're, we're gonna struggle it. for a year because we missed our boat, yeah. right? Um, and I didn't listen to the stars. Yeah. I didn't pay exactly attention to what the stars was, was yeah. telling me the sun. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people that, you know, take it to where, you know when they conceive right or when mm-hmm. they do things i mean they have it down like to, to that science uh you you say something very interesting because uh they talk about these uh 13 illuminati bloodlines okay and one of the things that they say about them is that they are rigid on when to conceive a child oh and it's got to be on specific All right dates and specific times of the years this is what i read I, mm-hmm. now i'm not saying that i believe in this i'm just telling you right. that that's what that uh you know the bloodlines of the 13 bloodlines the illuminati and and that kind of right. uh, of uh information coming out and coming to us which you can get online but that was one of the interesting things that i when i read it i said well you know it's already weird at right? the illuminati yeah. and all the crazy sure. stuff the 13 powerful families right. which they're probably even more powerful ones behind them right. that that uh, don't we're never going to learn about but how aware they are of right. times of the years and no you guys will be married at this time of the year yeah. and you guys will not have conceive a child till this time of year right. so the stars like rule right. them that's their religion you know the the we're talking about masonic astronomy they're talking about overall astronomy oh, yeah, yeah, and like just yeah. everything and i think i read somewhere years ago i don't know if it's correct or not but that the, the technology from the iphone is based on astronomy oh wow something to that effect yeah. you know i don't don't quote me on that and you know, i'm not an expert but i think i read something about that when the first iphones began to come out yeah i was like oh okay so maybe there's something up to that Interesting. i don't know so so uh, you know masonic astronomy I know you, it really interested you, right? Yeah. It really yeah. got your attention. Why? It's probably because, you know, if you go back a, a thousand years ago, and you sat on the campfire, you just looked up, right? And, and it just made, made you wonder in awe, like what's going on up there, right? Uh, and I say a thousand years ago, but really, you know, we get together and, and do it in the backyards now, and we still look up and say, like, how why right what is all this yeah like how did this happen right you know i mean you you can 
say, hey, the rocks crash into each other, build the planet, all that stuff. But like, I mean, there's, there's some, I guess it all comes down to the great architect, right? Like, you know, what, what was the architect thinking, right? And, and you can never know, right? Because you can't know what, what, yeah. what, what the creator was thinking. We, we right? can't fathom right. what, what he's thinking. It's, it's just too stupendous. It's, it's, it's too great. Right. How can we become better men? You know, um, I'll tell you, when I go to Lodge, and it's been hard this last year, and obviously for a lot of people, but uh, even the year before, um, because my city council days got in the way of going to Lodge. They coincided. Right, they coincided. Uh, but, I, but I'll tell you, one of the best feelings I have was coming out of Lodge, hmm. right? Um, I just felt refreshed, right? And, and a lot, we take good men and make them better, right? So if you're around men that are wanting to be better, it's just a great positive energy in that room, you know? And so you can't, you know, you're, even if you're feeling down, you're surrounded by positive energy, right? So you're feeling good. And I'll tell you, I, I, it's like, it's almost like church, right? The way you feel at the end. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think being around people, you know, who you love, right? Obviously it helps. Uh, finding good mentors, mm. um, reading, meditating, right? Uh, doing something for mm. uh, the good of your community or for your friends without wanting something in return, you know? Um, and exercise, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's physical exercise, mental exercise by reading and, and spiritual exercise. Yeah, strengthening you know? yeah, your, or, or, or uh, what do you, how do you call it? Just reinvigorating your spirit. Right, mind, body, soul, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, soul with whoever your creator is, right? Um, your body, you know, like you said, do a push-up here and there, right? Walk. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, read a book or, you know, get together with a group of friends and ask a random question and, and all of you think about it. And start the discussion. Discuss it. Yeah. You know, why do ants travel in packs? Boom. Everybody talks about it. Right. Discuss it. Yeah. I mean, one of the best podcasts for discussions is the uh, the Peace Revolution podcast where uh, they really brought about the trivium and the Socratic style discussions. Mm -hmm. I think it's still up on iTunes. I think it's uh, they, they had like maybe 91 uh, episodes. He's Richard Grove is doing other things now, but he's still in the tragedy and hope dot com. But he presented uh, John Taylor Gatto and um, the this uh, this idea that we're not being taught correctly. All right. And through the trivium, through the trivium method the grammar, logic, and rhetoric to the asking of questions right. to the Socratic method, we can get back to where we're supposed to be yeah. as, a, as a questioning human being and become integrated, you know, a fully integrated yeah. individual. Because if we're just automatons and we just let anything come into our minds and influences right. and we're just, we're, we're not living, right? The, yeah. the unexamined life is unworth living, I think, yeah. is what Socrates, yeah. Socrates said. So, well, in school, you know, we're, we're pretty much, and this is my issue that I have with the structure of school is we're taught what to think, right? Not how to think anymore. Right. And, uh, and I shouldn't even say anymore because I, I wasn't around, you know, 50, 100 years ago, right? Um, but if they, if they taught us how to think, you know, then I think we'd be in a much better society, right? And that's that's why, you know, people are like, hey, Steve, how, you know, do you have a master's or this and that? I'm like, you know, no, because I didn't want to take this random course that had nothing to do with anything. So I've always 
learn things that I wanted to learn, right? That, that, uh, whether it's history or mathematics or health. Well, know? that's when you really learn. Because if it's something you really want to yeah. learn, you're, you're going to put even more attention to it, right? Because right? it's it, you, you, it, you, it really calls your attention and it's, it's coming yeah. from the, I want to learn yeah. this. So and, can... and I think we discount mentorship. And we'll go back to apprentices, right? I mean, yeah. um, one of my, I, I, I tell a few of my old, bosses that I've had and, and, and even even teachers I'm like you know I learned more from you than I ever did in school about business right about certain topics right um I had this one boss and you know I texted him like a few weeks ago it was his birthday and I always you know, I called him I'm like you know I've always been grateful for what you've done for me and you took me into your wing here's this guy that didn't know anything about business right out of the Marine Corps he took me in and he taught me about the business world actually how it works you know and, and that was more valuable than anything that I could learn in school uh, because they didn't teach me that part, right? I mean, he told me exactly how to read a, a financial statement, right? Or how to write, a, make a budget or... And, and I think that comes down to the word education. If you break it down, I think educo um, is, is like to draw out. So in school, they're, they're, not, they're not drawing that out. They're jamming it in right. your head, right? And right. telling you to just regurgitate it. Whereas what, he, what you're talking about, he he drew this out of you right. so you can learn it. And then now you can, right. you can go out and fish. Yeah. You know, you didn't, he didn't feed you a fish. Yeah. You can yeah. go out and fish yeah. forever. I mean, that's how doctors came about, right? They had apprentices and, you yeah. know, masons, right? They had apprentices. Seven years of, you know, apprenticeship. And then they can, they can move on. Exactly. You, you uh, repeat uh, something to me uh, quite often when we get together and that's, you know, history repeats itself. Uh, I believe history repeats itself in many ways. Can you give me some example, examples of this? Like, how history repeats itself and you keep telling me this because yeah. obviously you've seen some examples. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, heck as of today, I mean, you're looking at what's happening in Cuba, right? You know, people are, are uh, revolting in the streets in part because of how their, their, um, government structure is and they've had enough, right? We, we see that throughout history where, where the people have had enough of a, of a tyrant government, right? Where, wherever it is, right. You can go mm -hmm. back to the, the beginning of time till now and um you know there, there comes a time where people just are fed up and they can't do it anymore and and our entire system of government works because we all agree that this is what we're we're going to let ourselves be um governed under these conditions right but the moment it stops working you know at some point then you know people just revolt right and, and you can see that what's happening in cuba uh, right now and so that that's a big one i mean uh well even even here uh steve uh, during this pandemic and how we felt we were being governed and how we felt that the rules uh were being applied or not being applied to us and then uh you have uh nancy pelosi getting right. caught doing something that she was asking right. us not to right. do and then the, the, the governor the governor telling himself us, you know uh, and, and it's not even a political party thing it's here's the, the leader of our state you know telling you you can't do this and then he does it. And then he goes out and right. then he apologizes, right? And, and, and the insincerely. Whole, yeah, yeah, insincerely. So it, it's happening on multiple yeah. levels every day, all around us, uh, but not until enough people have had enough yeah. where they begin to revolt, does all of a sudden it right. become a problem. Like, whoa, you know, okay, well, what do we got to do right. you know, to to even this yeah. out or, or to make up for yeah. it? Because we're, we're going in a, in a in a direction that we don't want to go to because it equals my career, right. my position, right. da, da, da. So 
Yeah. Another one would be, I was yeah. going to say, is currency. Yeah. We go back to currency. I mean, we look at, uh, uh, and since we've been talking about the Roman uh, history, they used to devalue their money, right? Yes, Not understanding what inflation is, right? And you circle back, you know, to now, we're seeing it now with inflation, right? Yeah. You can only pump in so much money into the economy before your money's worthless, right? And um, uh, so, so that comes back around, right? It's come back around on us and until enough people catch on to that. I think we do, but I'm not sure if we catch on to it enough for us to finally, uh, not. I don't want to say revolt, but right. rise up and say, we want a better system. Right. Because well, this I mean, is- Think about it. The government say, hey, I'm going to give you some money. If you need money, you're not going to be like, no, yeah. inflation, right? <laughs> right? But that, that's how the Romans used to buy you know, the love of their people, right? Same thing. It's the same thing. The same thing. Throwing bread at the people right. in the arena. And exactly. Fruits and right. stuff like that. They were placating them right. long enough in the hopes that they forget about it. They forget whatever the issue was. And that's exactly what the Romans did. They would sponsor gladiator games and give you free stuff and all of that. And we see it now where the governor is having uh, lottery drawings, you know, making the mockery of, of our system, just giving the money away. Right. Yes. And so, yes. Um, let me ask you something now, because we're, we're talking about uh, currencies, politics. We're talking about a, a bunch of things, strengthening our Masonic muscle right. all around. Right. And uh, so, you know, that within a lodge room proper, there is uh, to be no discussion of religion or politics. Yeah. Right. And then now you have entered the political arena. Yeah. yeah. So does this change anything for you? No, it just makes, so it's what I always say, um, there's a couple of things I always say. One, everything I do, I do for the good of the Republic. And, and that's, it's, a, it's honestly like how I, I conduct myself as a citizen and as an elected official. Hmm. Um, but also as a Mason, I hope to take those values as a Mason and govern in that manner, right? In, in, the, in the best interest of my community, of, my, of the residents, of the voters, um, for the good, for the greater good of everybody. And um, so that's how I see it. But you're right, in Lodge, uh, you know, while we all believe in the higher power, we don't, you know, no, nobody goes around saying, hey, you know, Vote for me. Jesus Christ yeah. is the best. Yeah. But we just know, I know Cesar Rubio is accountable to a higher being. Right. And um, he wants to be a good person, you know. Uh, but we don't, you're right we don't never talk about politics we don't never talk about anything like that and um it's actually refreshing right to be in lodge and not have to deal with that it is it is uh one thing i can tell you is that because of that there's a vacuum right a nature of war is vacuum so what happens internal lodge politics that's true we're still human yeah it takes you know fills that void and now we have this and that going on here and so uh, how how do we, but within that structure, we have our four cardinal virtues. We have the three principal tenets. Correct. We have the charges that we're given after each degree to right. uh, to control. I don't like to say control, but that 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 uh, balances out our actions yeah. and what we're going to do. Yeah. Because within our own Masonic structure, we have uh, we we can file charges on a brother. On Masonic conduct or for whatever, and he'll be reprimanded, suspended, or expelled. So there are consequences right. because of this, because we're human, because right. this stuff is going to pop up. So even though we can't bring the outside politics 
and religion right. into the lodge proper when we're in session. Like I said, because right. of that, it, it creates a vacuum, a nature of bores a vacuum, and it gets filled up yeah. by, by what we do within a lodge and say. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, where, that's where you need a good leadership in there, right? You need a good worshipful master. Um, you, you, you need good brothers in there that can moderate it or put us in our corner, right? <laughs> Go to your corner, Caesar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the master with his, with his two wardens, that's what they're supposed to represent. Mm -hmm. They represent the, the triumvirate, right. right, of body, mind, and soul. And, and sometimes you need to be put in a corner. Right. Sometimes you need to be read the riot act in front of everybody. Right. Sometimes, you know, there, there's different ways you can reprimand or discipline somebody uh in a law is what i've seen though the majority of times we shy away from that yeah. we shy away from the actual reprimanding and i just keep asking myself like you know would that work in the military no right. hell no you're gonna get right. you're gonna get reprimanded disciplined because you have a specific thing you're being yeah, taught exactly to do and this is the, the national security is dependent right. all this stuff so um you know what? Let's begin to wrap this up. This has been an awesome conversation, I love it. man. I mean, yeah, this is this has been great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, you know for being available. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I, I know you're busy, yeah. but I want to wrap it up by first of all, tell me what you're grateful for, man. Yeah. You know what? Uh, every day, I'm grateful to be alive. You know, grateful for the air in my lungs, and um, I don't fear death. Right. I, I think it's just a part of life. But, but I'm still grateful to be alive. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, my, my dogs, right? My, my, my career, the people around me. I, I'm truly grateful. In fact, I, uh, almost every day, I, I try to carve out about 30 minutes mm. and meditate. And I do a kind of a gratitude meditation, um, especially when things are going amazing, right? <laughs> Deals are coming in and stuff like that. I, I often stop and say, wait, wait. Let me, let me just thank take you. a moment and say yeah. thank you Yeah. Um, instead of just being uh, like selfish or, you know, just saying, okay, good, you know, but I, I really take time to just to be thank you to, to, you know, to my God, right. To my creator, my great architect um, for allowing, you know, all this goodness to, to come out and how I can help others, right. How I can be a, a better help so I can pass on some of this gratitude and, and success if it's happening at that time. Right. And so, but, I, but I'm truly grateful for, for the good and the bad in my life because the bads teach you lessons. Hey, well, you know, if you watch Dan Pena, mm -hmm. and I, I love to watch him a lot because he, I like to hear the raw, you know, someone in your face and just telling you like it is. Right? Yeah. And, and he says, he puts a, a spin on it, but it's the reality. You got to hurry up and fail and fail fast. Yeah. So that you can begin to figure out what's working, what's not, right. and and become successful that much faster. And that's the good, the yeah. bad, yeah. everything yeah. in between. You said that in one of your previous podcasts, right? I, I remember you said that, yeah. and that clicked right away. I'm like, you got to fail and fail fast, yeah, yeah. faster and faster yeah. and faster. Yeah, and that's what we got to do. Yeah. and and he's right. When I first heard it from Dan Payne, I'm like. Like, whoa you yeah. know he, he's dropping some knowledge right. on everybody but he's right he, because you know uh, what is it a uh, one uh, nine out of ten businesses fail right so you got to just fail fast right. faster 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 until you find yeah. the one that's working and then you're going to have success so mm -hmm. it's the same it's along the same lines that you're saying you know with the good the bad right. that's what it is the bad is what failure it's a failure right. that something didn't go the way you wanted it right. something unfortunate 
And so it, it's got to be, hey, let's fail. Let's fail quickly a, a whole bunch yeah. of times so we can get to where, where we need. And then we don't fear failure anymore. Right. And that's where uh, learning, right, and practice of whatever it is your craft is or whatever it is you're trying to do. In the Marine Corps, we say, uh, we don't say um, per, uh, practice makes perfect. We say perfect practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, because that's the difference, you know? That's a huge difference, yeah. just that little yeah. That, that little tweak in, yeah. in how you're perceiving it. Uh, so let me close here. I'm going to begin to close here. First of all, I want to acknowledge you, Steve, for your military service. Thank you. You know, and helping to protect our freedoms. Yeah. The times yeah. that you did, it was eight it, years worth. It's right? an honor. Yeah. It truly is an honor. Uh, for jumping in the political arena to help preserve the American Republic. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt said, you know, about the man in the arena, yeah. the whole, uh, you know, I even bought a poster of it because it, it's so true. You yeah. know, everybody makes fun of, or hates on the guy that's doing it, but that guy is in the arena, right. bloodied and and failing, and right. then but getting back up. So you've done it, you know, and you're going to continue to do it. And I, I wish you the best. Thank you. And uh, for your desire to want to learn about history and, and to learn from it, so that we don't keep repeating it, right? right? So I, I want to acknowledge you and right. thank you and thank you for that. Uh, is there any last words that, that you want to share with uh, no, I, anybody listening? You know, this um, find somebody like Rubio and hang out with that person, you know, because um, the truth <laughs> is this podcast we're doing, it's literally how you and I talk all the time when we get together. You this know? is true. And um, it, it's almost like we challenge each other to question things or think, right? Think about something that we haven't thought about. Um, and not be complacent in what, how we think, right? And what we've been taught. Keep pushing ourselves, yeah. keep pushing. And, and uh, Dave Matthews, Matt Jackson, yeah. we, we're the same way. And those yeah. guys were the, they helped Palm Springs Lodge create the Trivium discussion yeah. groups, you know, Socrates Cafe because of that. Yeah. Because we wanted to uh, provide a service to the community uh, to, so that our minds don't become static. Right. You know, keep, keep questioning, yeah. keep it in a healthy way. But you have to know how to do that because as we've seen, um, and I'll give you a, an example. I think I've shared it on one of the podcasts, but it, it was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, President Trump and Biden were, were vying for the presidency. Right. This last, you know, this last presidency, uh, the, the running. And they asked Biden, and this is how they use words and this, and we're not thinking about it. We're not going to catch it. Uh, he, they asked him, uh, Mr. Biden, because he wasn't president yet. If you become president, uh, will you make vaccinations mandatory? He said, I don't believe they should be mandatory. It's your own body. It's your choice. Uh, I believe that they should leave that up to the people. And that, uh, da, 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 da. my question to you is, did he answer the question? Because right. the question was, right. if you became president, will you make the, the vaccination mandatory right. he answered i don't believe it should be mandatory yeah. and this is how they use the trivium grammar logic and mm -hmm. rhetoric you know uh, honest so that's what you're saying hey yeah. man keep challenging yourselves guys Absolutely. keep challenging yourself steve has been an honor this is masonic muscle and this has been a strenuous exercise right absolutely in speculation and critical thinking keep thinking for yourself steve and everybody out there and keep questioning everything Let's sign off. Let's do it.